Hey, what's up, Cam? Hey, Mitch. How you doing, man? Yeah, doing all right. Hey, buddy. We have a podcast. I know. I'm um, actually pretty excited about that. Good to good? good to be here. Good to hear your voice. Yeah. You know, this is the what the second time we've talked. <laughs> uh, I do believe so. Yes. This is yes. only the second time we've we've actually spoken with each other. In, in, we, uh, we text from time to time, but it'll be good. Yeah, so um, just if there's anybody actually listening to this, uh, this is probably going to be our worst episode ever, so um, it'll only get better from here. Well, you know, we, so. we can't set the bar too high, otherwise it'll <laughs> right. be all downhill, so. Always set low expectations and over-deliver, right? It's the American way. Yep. All right, well, did you want to talk a little bit about our concept for the podcast since you came up with the name? Yeah, so uh, the name of the show is Internal Dialogue, and I thought since, you know, Mitch and I uh, are, are what I would call internet buddies, uh, we still have a lot to learn about each other and each other's interests, and I often find myself having, you know, internal monologues about topics or situations or uh, concepts, and I don't always necessarily have someone to talk to about that specific thing, or I have the internal monologue and think that I've solved the problem in my head. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to have a show where I get to talk to somebody else about the things I have internal monologues and vice versa. They get to share their thoughts on what they're having internal thoughts on. And so hence the name internal dialogue, where we get to talk about the things that we care about and think about a lot and occupy a lot of our brain space and share those thoughts with each other and hopefully uh, learn from each other when we disagree. And, you know, when we agree, we can, uh, I don't know, high five and call it good. High five over the Internet, which is always interesting. Well, which is much safer nowadays. (laughs) It is. It is. Actually, this is the perfect social distancing. Mm -hmm. So I know that uh, one of my big, big pushes into uh, this podcast was going to be really having an outlet to talk about my faith. And uh, we share that. Um, Matter of fact, I think that's one of the first things I asked you is uh, is what your position was on salvation. And uh, that was my deciding factor as to whether or not we were going to do the podcast together (laughs) because, you know, we had to at least agree on that. Well, yeah, and that's one way to start a, hey, we just met. So tell me your thoughts on God and the Bible and Christianity. <laughs> oh, okay. Right? Like you're not even going to buy me dinner first. Sure. Let's just, let's just <laughs> jump right in. Yeah. Well, you know what? We don't waste time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're both tech geeks. We, we, love, we love Apple products specifically, but, uh, and I think a lot of our conversation is going to revolve around that. Um, do you own a PC? I do own – okay, so yeah, I have a gaming PC. Um, that I bought and I can tell you the story at some point in the future about why I wound up buying that. And then my work computer is a Dell laptop, but all of my personal gear is, uh, Apple, be it phone, iPad, or I have a, a a Mac mini that I'm actually recording this on right now. Right on. Yeah. And I'm sitting down in my studio. I've got one working Mac mini off to my, my, right here and one kind of working mac mini i i'm just honestly i inherit stuff from the church when it's not working anymore because i i do work for my church so both of those mac minis came from the church nice but uh, my main my main driver is my macbook pro and hopefully uh that will change shortly we'll talk about imax later um that oh. is a hopefully a future purchase yeah, I'm already um, excited. <laughs> yep, yep. And of course, we're both nerds, so we figured we talk about nerd subjects as as they come up as well. So, yeah. So, b- before we move on, I just need to yeah. know: Star Trek or Star Wars? 
I'm a hardcore Star Wars guy, but I watch all I've watched pretty much all of the Star Trek stuff too. So I'm kind of I fall in between, but if I had to pick, I would say Star Wars. Okay. I just was curious. We can still Where do be you friends. Fall? Um I think original Star Wars over original Star Trek, modern Star Trek over modern Star Wars. Okay, that's fair. That's my preference. Yep. I can tell we're being very diplomatic right now. No, that's my honest. Like, I think like old school Star Trek is kind of cheesy and like I get what like for the time it was very advanced and, you know, trying to tell the stories and having like the inter- interracial romance between Captain Kirk and, um, oh my gosh, uh, what is her name? See, this is, I like, I like normal Star Wars over, yeah. over old Star Trek. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. The, was it uh, Lieutenant Uhara? Yes. Thank you. Oh, oh my Uhara, gosh. Ishiru, something Itch like for that. the save. Yes. Lieutenant yeah, Uhara. It, it's something like that. Mm-hmm. So my personal opinion with Star Wars, um, I'm, I'm the nerd that reads the books too, um, in, in the legends books and Canon books right now. Um, I'm actually rereading the Thrawn trilogy right now, which is fascinating to reread now that since, since I haven't read it in a while. The Star Wars universe to me is so much richer with material than Star Trek. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a big next generation uh, fan, Star Trek wise. We, my wife and I just recently watched through the entire uh, next generation and we just finished Deep Space Nine. That's commitment right there. Yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't think Deep Space Nine was terrible, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't really feel like Star Trek to me. It's just very different. Yeah, it, especially compared to um, Next Generation. Like, I think they tried to really like modernize it and show a different uh, like angle, and there's a lot more. I guess what's the word? Just a different, different approach mm-hmm. from my recollection. But that was back when I was in like third grade, Mitch. So yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I, I have to remember that uh, you're you're a little bit my junior here. I just want to learn from your wisdom. That's all. all right. Teach me your ways. <laughs> learn from my stupidity is probably more accurate well hey you know wisdom and stupidity are both equally good teachers just that's true different, that's true different, <laughs> different approaches <laughs> um so what do you think of like the the more modern star wars stuff um i wish they hadn't stuck with the cheesy dialogue and the uh, somewhat predictable storylines. Um, I think they're beautifully shot and beautifully produced. Um, I think the, the modern budgets did amazing things for the star Wars franchise, as far as just the, the visual, um, uh, impact that those movies have, like seeing them and like, those are the only movies I went and saw in the theaters in the last six years. Um, and my dad would take us, we would all be home, like me and my sisters would all be back in Detroit for Christmas. And my dad would take us, you know, the day after Christmas to go see these movies. Cause he's mega nerd about this sort of stuff. Um, and so like from a, from a viewing perspective in a theater, you know, with the full on, you know, massive sound system and the giant screen, like it's, it's visually entertaining and captivating, but from like a storyline perspective, it's just like, okay, yeah, I've seen this 10 times before already. I know what's going to happen. It's the dialogue's cheesy. It's un, it's unrealistic in so many ways. I just wish they would have done kind of what Star Trek did 
which is also unrealistic because, you know, space stories, but like modernize the dialogue, modernize the storylines, modernize uh, the interactions. Um, and what's funny is J.J. Abrams did both of them. Like, I don't know how, like how he sold his soul to the devil and got Star Trek and Star Wars at the same time. Like that's nerd, nerd lottery. Uh, but like the same guy did the same, did both movies. And yet one was far more modern in all aspects versus Star Wars being modern in production quality and not necessarily in dialogue or storyline. So that's my take on it. The modern Star Wars, um, let's say the, the final trilogy, if you want to call it that. Um, I think my biggest take on that, and this was the biggest takeaway I had from those movies, is that there was never going to be a movie that was going to blow away my expectations. Um, I think going into the final movie, that was that was really my attitude going into that, especially after The Last Jedi. Uh, it's like I was expecting kind of the Empire Strikes Back of this trilogy where it was really going to really going to be like a really good story and and really bridge the gap between the two movies. And it really fell short for me. I don't think it was I don't know if it was a bad movie by itself. But it didn't it didn't uh, provide what the series needed, in my opinion. It's kind of some of the same things that I have issues with with the prequels is that the opportunity was there and they just kind of fell short. So I've gone back and watched the prequels now and a little bit more objectively. And they're still fun movies, but but there's some really like cringeworthy moments. <laughs> which I'm not going to go into because if you're a geek and you watch these shows, watch the movies, you know, the cringeworthy moments. Yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to re rehash that right now. Don't want to relive that if we don't have to. Yeah. No Jar Jar here. No sand comments. Yeah. But anyway, um, so we want to talk a little bit about the coronavirus today. So, I mean, it is ever present. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you have a podcast today and not talk about it, or maybe a little bit late to the game, just starting this podcast now. But but we can kind of look at it in hindsight as to how it's affected us. I'll put it on you. You know what? What has it changed for you? I know you were already working from home before this. Yeah, so I I, uh, I do work from home. So from that aspect, it hasn't necessarily changed my day to day from you know eight thirty to five. A whole lot, except for the fact that I also have a toddler. And that means no daycare for the last three months, uh, which means while I'm working from home, I have a coworker who wears diapers and likes to play with Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that would be a little distracting. Which is a bit out of place in my, you know, IT environment. So uh, that has been my biggest um, change is is that I have a coworker who, you know, has emotional breakdowns every hour or two until it's nap time. Uh, and, you know, she gets a nap time and I don't, which, you know, I think is garbage. I want naps as well. Uh, but yes, yeah, as, as far as that, and then there's also like the, if I need to go grocery shopping or, you know, and do anything that is outside of my home, like, I have to then plan that around her because I don't want to take her to Walmart or to Aldi because she's three and a half and kids are already Petri dishes and she doesn't understand why she has to wear a mask and she doesn't understand why she can't touch stuff. And so I, I have to do that like around her schedule so that 
I can go by myself. Um, so it, it, in the grand scheme of things, it's just been slight annoyances and slight um, lifestyle changes. Certainly not what people in um, places like New York or uh, the West Coast have had to deal with where just because I live near Chicago, but I'm far enough outside of Chicago that I don't have to deal with the population density and therefore the virus density that the people in the urban core are dealing with. Um, so for me, it's just been, it's been more minor annoyances and having to, um, pre-plan a lot of my, uh, activities ahead of time to just account for the changes and how things work. So, uh, certainly, um, could have been a lot worse for me, but it, it has been a bit of a change. I work in retail and I'm an, an essential retailer. So we never shut down through all of this. Mine is almost the exact opposite where like I'm, I have no choice but to be out on it every day. It, it has been interesting, especially as of late. Um, you mentioned that you live, you live uh, just outside Chicago. I'm, I'm in essentially rural Wisconsin, not far from Wisconsin Dells. If, if uh, the listeners know where that is, um, that's probably just north of Madison, but uh, a little south of the Dells. So for me, you know, I'm, I'm in it every day, all day. So, you know, taking the precautions of wearing a mask, social distancing, which by the way, is way harder <laughs> than, than it looks, especially when you're out in it all the time. Yeah. So my coworkers and I have just really kind of embraced the idea that uh, we're going to be exposed to it one way or another having that idea and just hoping that we're not going to be symptomatic, I think this is the big thing. And I don't think we've really had any issues in the store. I know we've had quite a few of the associates who've taken advantage of some of the time that has been offered by our company to, to take the time off to protect themselves. We've had some people get sick. I don't know that any of them have tested positive for COVID, but to, to just kind of live in that all the time it has been difficult and being, being in receiving for me, um, I can avoid some of that, but quite honestly, we have one customer come in that has, that is sick and gets someone, one of the associates sick. And then the associate goes on break and passes it to everyone else. I mean, we just kind of realized, Hey, you know what? We're probably not going to avoid this. We're just have to take as many precautions as we can, so there's been a lot of cleaning, a lot of sanitizing, a lot of trying not to touch your face, you know, those sorts of things. So, yeah, I never knew how much I touched my face until these last three months. Like I, I keep a beard mm -hmm. and I, the only other times I'm aware of how much I touch my face is when I go to the barbershop and get my hair and my beard trimmed mm -hmm. and she always puts like stuff in my beard and i'm like man why is my hand kind of sticky oh it's because i just went to the barbershop my hands i've been resting my face on my hand or i've been stroking my beard and not even realizing it and so through the, these past three months i realized just how much i touch my face and how gross that is yeah just in general practice let alone in in the current climate you know so it's been a, a learning experience. Right. And quite honestly, when you have a beard, you have to stroke it. That's part of the part of the contract you have when you, when yeah, you have a you beard. You want people to like consider like, wow, is he thinking deeply or is he an evil supervillain? Because those are the only two options when you stroke your beard. <laughs> and that probably just comes down to the way you, you keep your beard, too. 
if it's pointed yeah. at the bottom, then we can probably figure you're an evil, evil uh, villain. Oh, good. It's not pointed, so that means I must be a good guy. All right. Good, All right. Good, good, good. <laughs> Conscience is clean. Can, can you think of any bearded superheroes? Aquaman. Agu- well, was he originally, though? Well, Jason Momoa's got a killer beard. Yeah, that's true. And the only reason that came off the top of my head is I watched that for the first time the other night. Yeah. Did you like it? Uh, again, v- visually incredibly pro- like it just the, the production quality and the budget is insane on these movies. Uh, storyline wise, um, made no sense because have you seen it uh, a while ago? I'd... Okay. So you know how like at the beginning, Nicole Kidman has the baby with the the lighthouse guy and it's Jason Momoa mm-hmm. and then the, the Atlantean soldiers come up to bring her back. Like, well, clearly there's a kid. Clearly it's hers. If you don't want a threat to the throne, you kill the kid and the movie's over and Aquaman never exists. Right. But for some reason, they let the kid live and then he comes. It's like this from the very beginning, this movie makes no sense. That kid would never live yeah. in any scenario where he's a threat to the throne of this kingdom. The kid dies. Right. End of story. No movie. So from like the first 10 minutes, I was like, well, okay. As if, you know, people breathing underwater was realistic. The, the storyline's unrealistic, right? But it was still fun. I still enjoyed it. It was, you know, a nice action movie. But you just have to turn your brain off and not think about, like, you know, plot holes. Yeah, and that that's that's the way, getting back to Star Wars, that's the way I approach the new Star Wars movies. It's fun. It do, doesn't have to yeah. make perfect sense. It does. They don't even have to be great movies as long as they're fun. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, back, also back to COVID. Also, another superhero that has beards. <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like I like that. Just had to get that one in there. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, back back to COVID though. Yeah, quite honestly, I'd, just before we go back to COVID, um, I I shaved my beard into that uh, that uh, Wolverine look here um, several years ago, <laughs> and my wife my wife had the perfect comment when she saw it. She just looked at me and she's like, eh, "You're growing that back, right?" <laughs> I was like, "I guess so." <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, um, so so staying at home, we we talked a little bit about uh, our work our work life. Um, ask me about that next subject. Yeah. So here in our show document, there's there's these two words next to each other that I don't quite understand because. I don't know what they mean. It's uh, the phrase soda stream. So, and I'm not kidding you. I have no idea what that you is. You have no idea what a soda stream is? No. Right. I, I mean, I know, like, I'm assuming it's a stream of soda, like coming from a fountain, but I know that can't be that simple. So, yes, uh, enlighten me. First off, wow. I can't, I can't believe you've missed <laughs> the soda stream revolution. Okay. So, um, my wife and I went on the paleo diet about eight years ago. Uh, and, Are you still on it? Um, we just recently switched over to doing Noom, like literally two and a half weeks ago or three weeks ago. Um, just, so you just, did paleo for like eight years. So yeah, we were basically paleo for about eight, eight years. Wow. And, um, and it was getting harder towards the end. You know, we were trying to get stricter again. It was getting difficult and, you know, all that to to say that um, when we first uh, when we first started, we wanted to get off soda. I drank a lot of Coke, which is probably why I was three hundred and fifteen pounds back then. 
And so getting off of Coke was one of the most important things that I needed to do personally for my health and just, just my waist size. We switched to SodaStream, which um, to make it long story short um, basically it was a, a way for us to get carbonated water it's a water carbonator is what it is oh okay i know what you're talking yeah. about so um so the the way that covid has ruined my life is that i can't get any more cartridges for our soda stream we we would go in about once a month to the local walmart here and uh and exchange our co2 cartridges uh, for new ones but for the last month and a half to two months they have been out so i'm blaming covid for it regardless of what the issue is but but yeah we can't get any any of these cartridges right now so i don't know if it's a shipping issue it's if it's a personnel issue if it's just what it is but they're not they're not supplying any we went to the soda stream website to try and uh do an exchange through the website and they're out so it's obviously a supply issue so my life has been ruined by covid i just want to tell I'm, you that i'm very sorry yeah, we did actually break down and buy a couple of cases of pellegrino last week but i was about to say have you do you like Lacroix? i'm not a fan of Lacroix. Um, okay. I was going to say, well, there's your solution, but if you don't like it, yeah, then I, I, I love LaCroix. So yeah, I'm a little too snooty, honestly. Well, I mean, you did get Pellegrino, so that's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so lots more coffee and tea, I guess is what I've been drinking lately, but yeah, that's not a bad, that's not a bad substitute. No, not at all. Well, Mitch, I hope that you can get your CO2 back into your life sooner than later because I want a happy Mitch to record with. Yeah, well, I, I will tell you that this morning I am drinking a uh, a wonderful pot of Death Wish coffee that I purchased a few weeks back. Interesting. Actually, my wife bought it for me for my anniversary last week. Along How many years? Along with a mug. So, a mug? A mug. Like a Volkswagen bug? A mug. Oh, a mug. Good, good grief. Ha, that goes that. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, you, you said how many years? Uh, it's It's been yes. 19. Good for you. Yeah, it's it's been 19 years. It's been cool. It's been a fight um, at times, but we oft, often joke it's been 18 years of wedded bliss. And then we're, we've forgotten about that first year. Because <laughs> I'm telling Usually you, I'm telling you, we almost didn't make it out of the first year. If it wasn't for our youth pastor um, friend, a friend of ours at the time that we were working with, oh, man, I wouldn't have made it out of the first year. Um, it, it was rough, but interesting. Yep. Well, I'm glad you did. He dragged I'm me into the did. office and he said, "All right, you know what? Divorce and and uh, uh, what was it? Divorce and adultery are not an option. So get your crap straight and get back in there and do it right." Oh, there you go. A little, thank you. A little tough love. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically what it came down to. And I think he he married us, so he ha he was a little invested in it too. So, well, and good for him for staying invested. You know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we have. Uh, is that all we have to say about COVID? I mean, there's a lot more to say, but I think we have we have covered the bases of uh, it. Sucks. Yep. It's annoying at its best, and it's tragic and devastating at its worst yeah, no, and for sure i mean we, we're not making really light of it by it any means but no but we have been blessed to avoid the the tragic side of it that's correct so 
and I, and I, again, I feel blessed for that. Um, so Mm. yeah. So coming up in about a week, a week and a couple of days, we will find out what, uh, Apple has for us, uh, at the keynote at WWDC. Yep. Christmas in June. Christmas in June. So we want to talk a little bit about our thoughts and predictions, and this is probably going to be the bulk of the rest of the show here because we've got quite a lot of stuff we want to talk about here. So, uh, Cam, I'll throw it to you. Uh, you have any kind of general ideas as what you want to see? Yeah. So let's start with, um, I guess, iOS slash iPadOS. There's obviously they have been um, differentiated now. Uh, which is great that the iPad is getting its own, you know, OS in, in air quotes, but its own version of iOS that, that allows it to take advantage of the screen size and, you know, the extra memory and, and that sort of stuff. So uh, specifically about widgets, Mitch, do you use your widget screen on your phone? You know, the only thing I use the widget screen for is for, um, for launching uh, shortcuts. I just have a couple shortcuts that I use. Otherwise, not really. Mm-hmm. See, and that, that I think adds to what I want to see is the widgets are, especially on the iPhone, they're kind of uh, out of sight, out of mind for most people because you have to slide over to that screen and then you're like, oh, 17 new widgets to add if you scroll a little bit at the bottom because you, you don't even realize like when an app gets added to your phone you don't know there's a widget for that app unless you go to your widget screen scroll all the way to the bottom and click on edit and then go see what new ones you have and then it's like oh like the music app widget is just a picture of all of the albums that you've recently listened to you don't have any playback controls or anything like that they're very very limited in their functionality and I would love to see dyna- what I'm calling dynamic widgets on iPhone and iPad, meaning they're not stuck on that widget screen on your iPhone. And on the iPad, you can have those widgets on um, stay permanently on your iPad screen if you're in landscape mode, which I do, which is really convenient. Yeah, I do that as well. But I would love to be able to have widgets on my home screens, on my phone, and on my iPad. Uh, much like Android has had for a very, very long time, but also uh, allow for the ability for those widgets to be dynamic in what they show and how you interact with them. So like I would love for Dark Sky, which is a weather app, which Apple just bought, I think, a month, a month and a half ago um, that I'm assuming they're going to integrate into their uh, OS going forward. But like currently, and we can have pictures for a lot of this stuff in the show notes, is the Dark Sky widget just shows me the temperature. And then if I do the disclosure, it shows me the uh, next five days. But I would love for the dark sky uh, widget on my home screen to not show me the icon, to show me the current weather and have it update. So I can just pick my phone up. I don't have to go into the app. I don't have to slide over to the widget. The widget can be my home screen. It can just show me the current weather conditions and what the next two hours are going to look like. So I know, do I need to bring an umbrella? Uh, I would love for the music widget to be able to show me what's currently playing and allow me to play, pause, skip forward. Same with like overcast. Or I would love for the camera widget for me to be able to just tap on it and have it take me straight, uh, you know, to whatever view I want it to take me to, as opposed to like having to do the long press. So I just want, I want widgets to be 
more useful and more accessible and more readily available to normal users who aren't going to even know that an app has a widget. Because I think if that is opened up, there's potential for the ease of use and the ease of access to certain functions and certain apps to be uh, much better and much more beneficial. Like for OmniFocus, even. I would love to have a widget for OmniFocus that like the current widget is great. It shows me what I have today, what's coming up, what my next one do is, and then I can add a new task. But I want that on the home screen of my phone. Yeah. That's what I want, Mitch. Yeah, to be able to interact with that, you know, from from the home screen so you don't you're not having to swipe over to get it get to it. And a little bit of functionality it does have. Exactly. And it's and it's a it's a step towards the maturation of iOS and iPad OS. Like I can have on my Mac, I can have OmniFocus open, right? But if I don't want to interact with the app and I just want to enter a to-do, I hit the the hotkey for the quick entry. It pops up on my screen no matter what application I'm in. Pops up on the top. I type it in, select a tag, select a due date, done, and it sends it off to OmniFocus and it's done. I don't actually have to interact. I don't have to open OmniFocus, click on the buttons. I hit my hotkey and it's good. And that's what widget should be on iPhone and iOS is essentially the quick access into the functionality of an app without having to go into the app and navigate to wherever you have to do that. That's the whole point of the widgets. And so that's what I would love to see the, the growth in uh, either this year, hopefully this year, if not this year, then the next year. But there's, there's plenty of room to grow to make interacting with your device much more uh, useful and efficient and uh, less like, oh, which app is that? And I got to figure out where it is and how do I do this? And then by the time you do that, like, I don't know how many times I go into my, you know, email app, I got to send someone an email. I'm like, oh, I got five new emails. And then I'm like, crap, why am I here after I've read all the five, you know, triage my email inbox. It's like, but if I had a widget that was like, oh, just click new email without going into my box, then boom, my idea is captured. My task is completed and I'm not distracted by, you know, whatever else is in there. No, I, I agree. Um, what would that look like for you on, on the, uh, like as far as visually, I mean, would, would you be looking at something like the widgets that we already have? Or I know that there was a, uh, concept that was going around that basically just look like larger um, app icons yeah so i think i wouldn't want them so like if i'm looking at my phone i think the largest you would want them to be would either be a square of four icons or a row of four icons um because if on these, you know, the newer phones, you get one, two, three, four, five, you get six rows. So you could have six row widgets, which is essentially what the widget uh, screen is if you slide uh, over from the left. Or you could do the squares. Um, or even simpler, like some apps could just be like the icon, the, the, the normal app size, like my weather app. Like instead of Dark Sky having the, the raindrop with the lightning bolt, just show me the temperature on your icon. And if I want more information, then I can click in. Yeah. Right. Cause like the calendar, you can have that badge that will show you the date, like on fantastical or your, your task manager can show you how many tasks are coming up with the badge. I don't want the badge change your app icon to show me how many things I have due today. What's the weather right now. Hmm. And that's a hundred percent, uh, the restrictions that Apple has put on those, 
you know, and I, for what reason, I'm not sure if they're talking, if they're worried about CPU usage on those or, um, internet usage or, or what it is. But, uh, for some reason they, they felt that that needed to be limited at some point, but I think it's time to open it up. I think we've, we've got powerful enough phones to handle it now. Yeah. And it doesn't have to refresh, you know, 10 times a second. Like the weather's not changing that drastically. Just check it every couple minutes, every five minutes, every 10 minutes, you know, like it doesn't have to be up to the second. Like if I get a new, you know, if I have in like the task manager, for example, if I add a new task manager, then the app is going to be, you know, either open or it's going to be entered through the widget. It's going to know that it's there so it can auto update that number on the icon. It doesn't have to constantly check. Oh, did he add a new task? Did he add a new task? Did he add a new? No, you're going to know when I add a new task because the app is being used or the widget is being used. So, yeah. But again, uh, the technical aspect of it, you know, I'm while I do work in IT and I and I do build apps, I do low code stuff. I do not do, you know, uh, Swift development. So there are there are plenty of things here that I'm um, ignorant of, but. I'm talking conceptually what I would like to see as a user. Yeah. And, you know, even looking right now, I'm, I'm all in on carrot weather mm. and, uh, their widget is pretty, pretty good. But of course, you know, if we could bring some of that information and they, you know, the thing that I really love about carrot weather is that they give you a ton of customization. So you basically mm-hmm. tell, tell the app what you want in the widget and, uh, and, it, it's nice. They do the same thing for the uh, for the Apple Watch as well, which uh, works out really nice. Yeah, I've heard really good things about Carrot Weather. I've been using Dark Sky for a long time, mm-hmm. and I've actually been getting really frustrated with it recently. And then Apple bought it. Um, I was like, well, I guess it's going to be built in. So I've actually been toying with trying Carrot Weather out now that I know that Dark Sky is going to be baked into Apple's OS. I can still use that if I want it, but I've I've actually, yeah been eyeing carrot weather for a while when i went all in on carrot weather because i've been using carrot for years but alongside of a lot of other uh weather apps and when i uh, just decided i was going to go what what changed is they really improved their radar so now their their radar i mean you know this this area this time of year we were watching for storms and stuff like that mm-hmm. and their radar with uh storm tracking and all that kind of stuff is just as good if not better than pretty much any other app that i've used so and their development is crazy i don't know how these guys can do what they do but they uh they are adding to these apps they're they're improving them all the time they're tweaking them it it's good stuff like and dark sky is a weather source that you can use with them they do have the the uh up to the minute um rain forecasting and all that kind of stuff i think a lot of a lot of uh apps have built that in now that's the main reason why i went all in on carrot weather yeah i just i just bought carrot weather <laughs> you convinced me the well i i'm uh i'm bought in at the tier two level um which gives you all the apple watch customization and a bunch of other stuff so but i i never asked you do you do you have an apple watch I did. I did have an Apple Watch, Mitch. I had the uh, very first when it was called the Apple Watch Sport. Okay. Um, which was the first edition, the cheapest one. It wasn't the uh, the OG the steel one. Yeah. Yep. And I had it up until about a year ago, maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit longer than a year ago. 
And I, uh, gonna be honest with you, Mitch, I was playing some serious air drums mm-hmm. and uh, getting real sweaty. And then I started hearing this click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, click, click. And I was like, what is that Uh-oh. noise? And I looked down and the screen of my Apple Watch was flopping back and forth from uh, back of my hand to forearm, just smacking my. <laughs> yeah, did you have a did you have a battery swell issue or? Yes, yeah. and that's what it was. It was a combination of the battery swell issue and me playing vigorous air drums that finally <laughs> dislodged the screen from the chassis. And uh, at that point, it was like you could get a Apple Watch Series Four, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the thing had lived very, very good life. Oh, same here. Uh, I had I had the OG Apple Watch as well, and I upgraded to the Series Four last year, or maybe just the end of the year before. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm waiting to see what they do in uh, the Apple Watch space at WWDC and, and you know moving forward into the fall. I will probably get another one here in the next couple of months. Yeah, um, but I may wait for the new ones to come out so I can buy the the current generation as of this recording at a discount. Because mm-hmm. um, unless unless there's just some massive improvement, but like I don't want to spend five hundred bucks on a watch. That's stupid. I hear you. Even though I did so. So well. Thanks for your value judgment on my money spending. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's more where that came from. So. <laughs> sure. so, so the reason I bring it up is you talked about OmniFocus and you talked about carrot weather, and I literally have both of those on the face of my watch. And it is incredible to be able to, like we talked about widgets uh, earlier, I really think that the power of the Apple Watch is the widget aspect of it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, because I basically they became the widgets for me, you know, so if I needed to see what task was next in OmniFocus, it's right on my watch. If I need to see what appointments coming up on on my uh, on my calendar, I've got Fantastical right on my watch. Same thing with Carol Weather. It's right right there. So it's never further away than my wrist. Now, there are improvements that could be made on a lot of things, and I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But uh, but, you know. Going from the OG um, Apple Watch to the Series 4 was a revelation. You know, this thing is actually usable. It it uh, it works really slick. You know, it's it's good stuff, man. So not that I'm trying to make you spend 500 bucks on an Apple Watch because that would be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... I... I imagine that the the upgrade was uh, jarring in a good way. Oh, amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you go with the LTE version or just the Wi-Fi version? Man, I agonized about that. And really when it came down to it, to pay more money on my on my cell plan for that and the little bit of use I would get out of it, I just went, I went with the regular uh, GPS version. Yeah, that's what, I w- that's what I'll probably do when, yeah. when I do decide which one I'm going to go with. But I figure at this point waiting for the new version to come out to get the current version at a discount. Mm-hmm. Like the current version is really, really, really good. And yeah. you know, unless there's some just gargantuan gains in battery life, you know, like 24 hour battery life or what have you, it's, uh, I just don't know if it's going to be worth the extra money. Yeah, so. I can't, I can't imagine what, what they would add to it. That would be like, okay, I got to sell this one and get another one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't play the, uh, the game of got to have the latest, greatest Apple products, like not a fanboy in that way. Like I have a budget and 
my budget allows certain things, yep. you know? And I'm, so I don't need, I won't lie. I want to be that guy, but yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm right know, there with you. It's stressful to me, man. <laughs> Constantly buying new computers and you're having to reset them up and download. Oh, that just sounds awful. Like I bought a Mac mini, the newest version of the Mac mini in December. Mm-hmm. If I replace this computer in the next five years, I'll be surprised. That's one heck of a machine though. I know. Yeah. And the reason I bought it was like, okay, this is going to last me for a while. And it's got four USB-C ports. So I can, I can crank out, I think like 8K in pixels if I need to. So like if anything, you know, I, so I can run three. At one point I was running one 4K monitor and two 1080 monitors out of it. And I was like, this is incredible. The only downside is that the, sm- the hard drive is small, but guess what? It's a desktop. So I have a five terabyte drive and a one terabyte drive uh, attached to it. So I have all the storage I need. Yeah. Um, but that I don't know man if those new IMAX that we're going to talk about in a little bit that's going to be really really hard we should, we should move on here real quick so we can get to that <laughs> yeah but, sorry okay so real quick I had to uh, ask you about something that's in the it, that's in our uh, Google Doc here yeah yeah so the next thing on the list here is the ability for app icons to start from the bottom instead of from the top you need to explain this because i I don't think i quite understand i mean i think i understand but i don't understand why i am texting you a picture right now mitch oh boy and we will put the picture in the show notes tell me what is unusual about that photo that i just sent you there are no apps above like the third row of uh of app icons which is black so my my screen uh wallpaper is pure black and what you can't see in this image is that everything above to the left of cascable and above lightroom and cascable is black icons because on the iphone your screen, your apps start from the very top left corner, work their way to the right, and then down. So left to right, down each row. And these phones are big. My hands are not small, Mitch. But getting to that top left corner, you have to like precariously balance your phone on what Casey List called the load-bearing pinky, mm-hmm. right? And then you have to like stretch your thumb across or you have to use two hands. Yeah. Or you set your phone down and then tap it. That's stupid. I want to be able to pick up my phone and with my thumb access any application on the screen. So why should the apps, when you add them to a screen, start in the top left? They just start in the bottom right or the bottom left, and that should be a setting. So if you're left-handed, you can have the setting so they start in the bottom left corner. If you're right-handed, have them start in the bottom right. And then it builds from that corner across the first row, then up to the second, then up to the third. And all of a sudden, guess what? You have a phone that you can use one-handed. And if you don't want to take advantage of, you know, the six rows of apps, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I break my home screens. Like, you can see I have, uh, what, six home screens plus the widget screen? Yeah. And the one I sent you, that's my photography uh, screen. So all my photography apps are there. Well, and then I go to another screen and then I have games mm-hmm. and another screen and I have utilities and I have it this way so that I can easily access with just my thumb what I want. And then it's compartmentalized the way that my brain works. So, and this, this makes perfect sense. I don't think I could ever do this. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I, I can't handle the swiping left and right to, uh, to get to that many different, uh, home screens. Quite honestly, I <laughs> That's have, fair. 
I have uh, three home screens, not including the the widget screen. And Do you have a lot of folders. I have folders. I yeah, I've got a lot of folders. I used to keep uh, like you've got uh, that big black space at the top of your home screen. I used to keep mm-hmm. literally that whole area filled with folders, and then have the bottom <laughs> section be the apps I w- I just wanted available to launch. Yeah, and so the way that this works in my brain is a swipe equals a folder in my brain because mm. a folder you have to tap. True. So in my brain, having a folder or having to swipe uh, doesn't necessarily uh, bother me as much as maybe does other people because I just like, oh, e- each home screen is a folder in in my mind. That's the way I think of it. Um, so again, if it's not for you, great. It's not for yep. you, but this is my request list. So so, <laughs> this is what I want. This, this is fa- fascinating and interesting. So I had never thought about doing what you did either. So that's that's uh, interesting. I would love to not have to hack it because, you know, it's really yeah. annoying if I want to add an app to the screen. I then have to go into the edit screen mode, delete one of the bookmarks, then go grab the app and move it over so it doesn't, un, you know, does, so it doesn't unorganize the screens downstream from it. Mm-hmm. So essentially I have six screens that are full of app icons, but you only see a few rows on each screen because the black is all empty. So yeah. it's just not user friendly, but, you know. I want my iPhone the way I want it. Yeah. And I think uh, widgets would solve this problem for you too. If you could fill the top part of the screen with widgets that you're not necessarily interacting with. Absolutely. That's a great point, Mitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause then I could, then it's just visual information and not interactive. Yeah. That's exactly. See, you're so smart. Yeah. Thanks buddy. (laughs) So I was was being serious. No, no, I I appreciate it. I'm just I'm just uh, making a very uncomfortable joke about it. That's all. It's all good. All right. Real, <laughs> real quick, let's fly through a few more things and then we can get to these iMacs that we've been teasing about. Uh, so uh, for the iPad specifically, um, carrying on what I just said about the, the app organization and the widgets, the mm-hmm. iPad has a massive screen. You do have the option right now for a tighter grid or a looser grid. Sure. Um, so you can have more or less icons and you do have the dock, which is incredible. But if we're going to if we're going to introduce widgets like we should be able to have more configurability about how our iPad uh, home screen looks. Mm-hmm. I don't need to get into specifics. We just spent the last 20 minutes talking about what that could potentially look like. Uh, the next thing is more shortcut integrations with Apple apps. There's an app called uh, Lot, no Toolbox Pro. Okay. Toolbox Pro is a third-party application that integrates with shortcuts that has more features for Apple apps than shortcuts does because shortcuts introduced a feature called parameters that allows apps to integrate uh, much more deeply and broadly through the shortcuts uh, framework. Toolbox Pro has done stuff with like Apple Notes and Apple Music and all these other you know first first-party apps that Apple hasn't even done yet, and it's like. Well, shortcuts is your thing. And why is a third-party app offering more capability to use shortcuts with your apps than you are? Like it's setting it's not necessarily setting the best example for third-party developers that could 
um, take advantage of the new shortcut features that came in with iOS 13, uh, namely parameters. So uh, I just think there's a ton of room for growth there. And I would love to see more third party um, developers take advantage of shortcuts and what it's capable of. Like OmniFocus just recently updated their shortcut integrations with a bunch of options. Um, so like you're starting to see some of these flagship third party apps start to take advantage of it, but it's still, it's still a young framework. It's still a young concept. Um, and it takes time for developers to figure out how this works, but I'm just excited to see that maturation grow. And I would love to see Apple sort of lead the way with some of their stuff. So that would be neat. Um, and then I just, I put more iPad OS maturation. I don't know what that means necessarily outside of the details I've already shared, but they took a huge step last time with separating iPad OS, let's continue down that path. And I want to see more thoughtful and uh, more thoughtful development about what the iPad can do. And then more taking advantage of the iPad's power, like with, you know, the trackpad and mouse support that they just added in the, the full on, you know, keyboard hotkey support they've got built in. And a lot of the accessibility stuff that you can do now is really, really powerful. So I'm just, as an iPad user, I'm super excited about what the future holds. And I'm hoping that we get a glimpse of some of that at WWDC this year. I definitely think that there's uh, more room for um, some enhancing like the multi, what is it? The multi app. Yeah, multitasking. Multitasking, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, yep. Siri was just interrupting me, so don't know wow. why, but it just does that. <laughs> she's 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 a little codependent sometimes. Yeah, she, want, she wanted to have her say in there, too, and apparently as well as she didn't understand what I was saying. So, um, you know, as far as the, the um, multitasking, uh, I think it'd be really huge for them to be able to put, uh, instead of just putting two apps on the screen, be able to, especially for the 12 and a half inch model, to jump up to having, um, right now they're doing like a horizontal split, but uh, a vertical mm-hmm. split would be cool too. So you could maybe have four different apps on a screen, things that you're not necessarily, you know, interacting with a lot, but maybe is like your weather app and, and your calendar app and your task task manager, you know, being able to have all yeah, those on like one a, screen. Yeah. Almost like a dashboard view of like, okay, here's, here's my, my information that I need to just quick glance at and then right. you can, yeah, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. So how they would do that and how they would make it, um, do it well, um, would be, would be interesting. You know, because they would have to do it better than my concept of it. But, <clears throat> but beyond that, I, I would agree. Just just a continued uh, maturing of the uh, of the I, the OS would be important. You know, it would be a great sign, a great uh, olive branch mm-hmm. of their intent to continue to mature. iPad OS would be Logic Pro and or Final Cut on the iPad. Please, dear God, please, 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 please. I want them so badly on my iPad. I'm not going to outright disagree with you on this one because I think I think there's a lot of people that would uh, would take advantage of this. I probably wouldn't be one of them. Um, I kind of I moved away from Logic uh, recently and uh, as have gone back to you now. Something we didn't talk about when we when we introduced ourselves earlier is that um, I I worked in radio for eight years and I'm I have gone to school for radio. I have a degree in radio, and for me, 
Adobe Audition was always the the killer app for that. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been using that software since before Adobe owned it, you know, back when it was cool at it. Back before they had multi-tracking in it, um, which uh, was was a trip when it came to mixing ads with only a single waveform. <laughs> it was, it was, so you're really... Uh cutting up the strip and popping it in there like an old school movie editor. Huh? So so here's here's the thing. I'll I'll just explain this real quick and then we'll get back to the subject. In the original it was Cool Edit 2000 that I originally learned in and then when they went to Cool Edit uh 2, I think it was, they added they added support in there for multi-tracking. So it wasn't too long after I started learning the software that they added multi-tracking in, but but originally you had to do what was called mix pasting. And I think you can still do it in an Adobe Audition, but it essentially was, okay, so when you build a, a radio ad, you have your voice and you have your music bed. And that, that was the most basic uh, multi-track that you would do for, for de- you know, putting together a commercial. Now, I had commercials that had 10, 15 tracks on them, depending on uh, what I was doing, because sometimes you had sound effects and you had multiple voices and, and just different things like that. But, but back when I first started in, in this software, they literally, you just, you basically, you copied and pasted the um, music bed on top of your vocal track. And if you didn't get it right, you had to undo it and try it again. And it was just, the, <laughs> it was, it was awful when they find, when we finally got a uh, cool at 2.2.0 or 2.1. I remember 2.1 being a thing. That's when you had the multi-track added in and suddenly you could actually have two different tracks running side by side and then you could mix those down. And that was, that was awesome. I think this is, this is back in, they go to school back in 2000, 99, something like that. So I think you were still in diapers. So I was. Yeah, I better not have been in diapers in 1999, 2000. I'm just kidding. Would you have been in junior high, high school? Uh, yeah, I would have been. Um, I would have been in eighth grade in 99, 2000. All right, right I would have been an eighth grader <laughs> with my my braces and my bleach blonde hair, and uh, it was rough. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we all was, we all have things we're ashamed of from back then. <laughs> Most of mine were from the yeah, 80s, man. but. Well, I wasn't diapers in the eighties, yeah. so you got me there. Yeah. Uh, all right, so it's time, Mitch. Drop it on us, man. Let's talk about these iMacs. Mm, do we don't want to talk about macOS first. I don't have anything in macOS. You didn't. I was going to say there, there, there's a glaring uh, emptiness there. Yeah, I was going to say I can't think of any features that I'm really looking for. I, you know what? I would just like it to work better. And and that's I think what a lot of people are. Uh, clamoring for is just just clean it up I, and i think that tighten it up you know clean it up listening to marco talk about uh his experiences with uh the with catalyst uh, and with other developers experience with catalyst yeah, i would just like to see that that uh that whole thing get easier for them you know because i would love to see um overcast on on the mac not that I would use it a lot, but I would love to have the option to use it. Yeah, if I do it on my Mac, I just use the website. Yeah, and, um, and I've done I that get before, what, I get too. what you're saying. But, you know, there would, I get be, what you're saying. There would be an ease of use that uh, that would be a lot nicer. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I just, I think with the whole Catalyst thing, like, 
the transition was super, super weird, right? Like they had the first version of it. And then there was like this whole Swift UI thing that came out. And like, if you had a Catalyst app early, but you wanted to take advantage of Swift UI and be like a universal app, you had to kill your Catalyst app and switch to this. And it was like, how does this happen? Mm -hmm. And and the theories I've heard is like the people working on Catalyst and the people working on Swift UI had no idea what the others were doing. Like that, that seems to be the logical explanation of how you could have two different things competing for the exact same functionality that are completely incompatible with one another. Yeah. Um, so I just, yeah, I think there needs to be some clarity. There needs to be some, some, uh, I, I guess, uh, united vision on, on where it's going. But yeah, a lot of it's just cleaning it up and tightening it up and, um, Catalyst is still super young and, and to your point, I would like to see it, uh, improve as well. Um, but time, man, yep. time and, and people buying in. So, yeah. Um, anything to say about the rumors about an arm Mac coming? I, I want it to come just so we can stop talking about when it's coming. Yeah. Like that's really it. Cause like, like I said, I'm not in the market for a new Mac per se. Cause I just bought my Mac mini and. I'm very happy with it, mm-hmm. but by the time that I am in the market for a new one, assuming this new iMac isn't, you know, uh, affordable, which it's not going to be, um, I would like for this whole arm thing to be multiple years down the road so that when I upgrade, I can upgrade to an arm Mac that is stable and has worked out a lot of the initial kinks. Yep. of of the change and uh, you know and it's not even just the physical hardware it's the software that then would have to like you know when we switch to arm like well what's going to work on it and what's not going to work right uh so i would love for that to happen this year so that in a few years down the road when all of the bumps have been smoothed out and you know i'm obviously i'm speaking selfishly here because we're talking about my personal situation. I would love for that to be an option. Should I, you know, be able to take advantage of it in a few years when I'm ready to upgrade. But currently I just want people to stop talking about when, because I feel like it's been the last three or four years. Our Macs are coming, our Macs are coming. And then they just never showed up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm personally, um, a little bit, uh, apprehensive about the switch because you know I was just, I really switched to the Mac, um, when they, brought when i started with uh the intel chips you know mm-hmm. i i did that primarily because hey i can run windows on it conveniently which <laughs> that was my thinking at the time um but to be quite honest with you i ran windows on on my first my first mac for for you know a year or so and then i realized hey that 50 gigs that i'm giving windows i kind of need that for the mac uh, for my mac uh partition and so i just ended up getting rid of it and i was happy without windows after that you know i can see i can see maybe doing some gaming that way but i think you're i think you're better off just having a gaming pc for that anyway so all right well we have waited long enough Go ahead and tell us what you think about the new IMAX. I hope the rumors are true, Mitch. I really do. So when I was a web designer a few years back, I had the iMac 5K with an external 4K display, and it was the best computer setup I ever had in my entire life. I love the iMac so much. 
The screen is amazing. It's sleek. It's sexy. It's powerful. I love everything about it except for the price tag, which is why I didn't buy one when I got laid off from that job because they're very expensive. Um, But the new rumor or rumors as it is, is that the iMac is going to adopt the uh, design of the modern iPad pros, Mm -hmm. which can you imagine a modern iPad pro at 27 inches? Holy (laughs) Moses. I want that so badly. Uh, Just the super thin bezels, the rounded corners, just the beautiful big screen, very slim, like, Yes, yes, please. Yes, 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 please. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? We can get to the other the other rumors, but just about the... And the other rumor, too, is that the iPhone is going to adopt it. So it's not even necessarily the iPad design. Yeah. It's more of just the modern Apple design. Yeah, um, just the new aesthetic. Right. And what's funny about it is, like, I had the... My first iPhone was the iPhone 5, mm-hmm. which was the, the, the square, you know, flat edges with the chamfered edge that Johnny Ive loved so much, right? But we're getting back to that essentially, yep. which is funny to me. Um, my my first um, was the 4S. Mm. Same basic design. Um, that was the... Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was the um, keynote where um, they had the chair out for Steve Jobs. I don't know if you remember that. No, see, I, I wasn't a fanboy back then. I didn't start watching the uh, keynotes until Tim Cook was CEO. So I missed I missed a lot of Steve. Yes. I do remember him pulling the MacBook Air out of the manila envelope, though. But yeah. that was I didn't see that live. I saw that many years after it happened. He was he was the master presenter. You know, he, he put on quite a show. And, and when uh, I think what they, they must have done that right at the end of September, I, I don't know what the date was because it wasn't maybe a week or two after that that Steve passed. So I remember getting no, I that didn't news. It was that close. Yeah. Um, and and he he passed on my parents' uh, wedding anniversary. So <laughs> so I remember that date well. There you go. Um, anyway, a couple of things that uh, that have been rumored about this too. Oh well, I'll give you my opinion first, and then we'll go on to that. But uh, I think the mock-ups that I've seen of what they think this is going to look like, I really like. I think is going to be yeah. going to be a really neat look for for the machine. Um, I'm going to talk about some of my apprehensions about it shortly, but um, no fusion drive. I think. Um, from everybody that I've heard talk about the fusion drive, it's just a dumpster fire. Uh, it really did not uh, live up to what uh, they really wanted that to be. Um, basically that you could run the OS and everything right off an SSD with your storage on a spinning drive. And yeah, so the iMac 5k that I had yeah. had the fusion drive in it mm-hmm. and I had to take it into the Apple store and have them, reset the entire computer like with their secret you know genius barcodes and cords that they use and I, I don't know about your experience Mitch but there's there's not much quite more frustrating than having to completely redo your development environment on a computer downloading all of like the you know NPM and grunt and gulp and git and all of the things that it takes to run web design and programming stuff having to redo all of that and getting back into the command line and downloading all your apps from scratch is just 
it was a terrible experience. So I am so happy that the fusion drive is going to be gone. If the if the rumors are true, it's about time. Yeah, it was not a stable platform. What do you think about uh, having a hard disk drive in it at all? Oh, why would it not be an SSD? Yeah, I don't. Like, I'm sorry. Are, aren't those cheap now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I was thinking about that, and it's like, why, why wouldn't you? I mean, it wouldn't even have to. It, why would it not be NVMe? Like, let's just, like, modernize the, the storage. Like, SSDs have been around for years. You can get them dirt cheap now. Mm-hmm. You've even, you've got, you know, the NVMe options that are even, like, that you're going to have in your gaming PCs or your VR machines that are much smaller, much faster, much more reliable. Like, come on, boys. Yep. So I'm going to pretend like I understand what you were, what you're saying about that. But just for the audience, maybe you want to <laughs> explain MVME. NVME. Right. It's, uh, let me look it up. I need to even make sure I'm using the right terms. You got me all excited, Mitch, and things just start coming out of my head. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I understand. Which is, uh, you know, it's a problem sometimes when I don't think before I talk, but <laughs> yes, NVME SSDs. So it's also like, have you heard of M.2? Nope. All right. So NVME stands for Non-Volatile Memory Express. Um, and it's an SSD. It works with the PCI Express. Um, so it's faster and it's much smaller. So we can have um, a link in the show notes to what these look like. Like normal SSDs kind of look like a kind of like a business card that's thick you know mm-hmm. that that rectangular little shape the nvmes are much uh skinnier they look like uh like a stick of gum almost like that's the proportions okay um and they just like clip right into a different it's like an m2 port and so they're just uh they're more modern versions of ssds that take up less space and um you can have faster read write speeds and all that stuff. So they're just the next the, the next generation of SSDs. Now, I would love for someone more knowledgeable than me that stumbles across this episode to maybe clarify some of what I just said and correct what was wrong. Mm-hmm. But to to my understanding, they are the next generation of SSD that are faster and more reliable and uh, better. So why would uh... Why would Apple do either of those options versus what they do in the laptops now where it's all just right on right on the board? Well, the the NVMe plugs into the board. Right, right, but they're but they're literally their chips are are right on the board as opposed to uh, using a separate a separate uh, uh SSD. So they're the SSDs that are in the Macs now are Built they're, into the boards. Yeah, they're basically they're basically their own circuit board in there. That's why that's how they're so thin. They don't they don't have. I would I would have to look it up. Uh, they, there's probably a fancy name for it, but. Uh huh. Well, I know they have like the system on a chip and stuff, but like for storage, hmm. Maybe, maybe that's, that's maybe that's we're talking about the same thing, and I don't know that. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's homework for me. Yeah, you're so you're we'll the technical guy time. here. I'm I'm the. Oh, that's terrifying. I'm the entertaining one. <laughs> all right oh. i'm not sure how i drew the short end of the stick but thank you i don't know what that was all about anyway moving on so the apprehension that i have about the new the new imax is that they're going to start phasing ports out uh i think your concerns are valid but yeah why don't you tell me about your your concerns so i we still need ports the 
MacBook Pro that I've got sitting in front of me has been referred to as the MacBook Escape. Uh, I have two ports on this, not including the headphone jack. I do actually have a headphone jack on this one. Um, they haven't taken my headphone jack away yet. But I have I have two USB-C ports on here, which the problem that creates for me is now I've got this huge hub behind here that's plugged into my USB or the USB-C port that I've got everything plugged into. I literally have I have yeah. three USB plugs plugged into this, my an HDMI, my Ethernet plug plugged into that for networking power plugged into it i mean it's just you know this kind of stuff for a desktop should be just plugged right into the desktop we shouldn't need all the extra stuff i can understand for the for the macbook and that's why i haven't gotten crazy about needing this stuff for for a portable computer but for something that's going to be sitting mm-hmm. on my desk i don't want to plug it right in you know it has to have at least a couple of regular usb usb a plugs reports yeah the uh the dongle dance is uh not fun right now and hasn't been for a while but it's it's gonna be a transition and there's gonna be time but it seems that USB-C is becoming more ubiquitous so but yeah there's no reason you shouldn't have a headphone jack on your laptop that's insane because there's also rumors that the an iPhone or two in the gen in the next you know, coming years is not going to have any ports. What? But yeah, the, the so iMac, to your point, is a desktop. Mm-hmm. It should have ports. They, it should be extensible. It should be able to handle whatever you want to throw at it. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, you're not taking it anywhere. So the the iPhone thing, and we can talk about this on another episode and and uh, dive into this a little bit more, but I, I and maybe we just wait until they announce something, but... I think that that's not as bad as it sounds. I I already um, charge wirelessly. I don't connect to my computer for any kind of data. I'm not transferring back and forth. I can see how this could be an issue for developers, you know, being able to sideload their apps to test them and stuff. But the rumor is that they'll have a, a smart connector on the back. And how they do that is going to be essential as to whether or not it's it's a good or bad thing for them to be removing, basically removing holes. Mm -hmm. Because I think that that's the way they're looking at that is if they can get rid of the lightning port, basically there's less on the board that's needed, presumably. Uh, There is less opportunity for ingress as far as um, uh, dust and water to get in there. Uh, so, I mean, they still got the speakers, speaker holes and stuff like that, but, uh, not as, not as big a deal as, um, as having that, uh, lightning port at the bottom. So, but, um, again, that's going to be something that Apple's going to have to uh, make their case for it. And we're going to have to decide if it's something we like or not. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. We will see. There's always Android. There is, there is always Android. <laughs> that hurts me to say it, but well, it's not as bad. It's not as bad as it used to be. My first self, my first smartphone was a Android. It was a Droid Global, whatever. It was like two thousand and ten. Okay, it was terrible, but it has come leaps and bounds, and and frankly, has pushed the iPhone in many, 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 many areas to even just keep up. Right? Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff that Google and Samsung are doing is, I mean. 
really, really, really cool and really powerful. And they are, they are, if not challenging in certain areas, exceeding the iPhone in, in numerous areas. So I love the competition. It's great. Yeah. So real quick question. Um, what do you think about the flip phones that are coming out now? Uh, I think they're gimmicks for the time being. Um, I like the concept is cool to me. Um, I don't want a plastic screen. Yeah. So until glass can bend, I'm going to, you know, be okay with my iPhone. Um, but I, again, I appreciate the advancement. I appreciate the idea. Um, it's just not ready for mass market yet as has been proven thus far. I honestly don't think that you need a bending screen to make a flip phone. You know, as long if you have two separate panes of glass, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that that has to be an issue. You just, it's all in the way you hinge it. And as long as those glass, that those two panes of glass are butted up against each other nice and cleanly, it basically, it is going to have a slight seam in there, but you know, there's a lot you can do to try and minimize that. So the nerds will hate it, but. Well, that, that's, that's kind of our, uh, what's the word? Um, natural stance. Yeah. yeah. We, we, <laughs> Judging we love to everything. Criticize, so. Exactly. <laughs> it's because we know better right. in serious, serious air quotes. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we learned that we are really excited about the rumor of the new iMac. So hopefully we'll see that here in a little over a week. It is rumored for uh, the keynote of WWDC. So, and you did see that they uh, that they announced the keynote and everything. Yep i got yeah. I got an email the other day that said so. It's what Monday the twenty second, right? Correct. And uh, because I, I'm that kind of nerd, I took the day off, so I will be down in my dungeon <laughs> studio keeping track of everything. Yeah. So maybe next episode we can do some follow up on WWDC announcements and how wrong. Uh, our predictions were, or how right they were. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, and what they gave us and what we didn't get. So, for sure, that'd be fun. I'm looking forward to it. You can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Mitch Craig. And Cam, you're at Cam Brennan. Yes, sir. That's B R E N N A N. So, um, hit us up there. I'll have uh, I'll have those in the show notes for you guys as well. So, um, just let us know if you have any questions and if you enjoyed the the podcast, uh, we'd love to hear that as well. Um, I can be found at subversiveblack.com as well. That's my general uh, blog and and uh, you know, I put everything up there and it looks like garbage right now, but uh, that there's a redesign coming. So um, you have a web presence, sir? Yeah, Cam Brennan everywhere. So cambrennan.com, Cam Brennan on pretty much any, uh, you know, social platform. And then if you go to cambrennan.com, you can, there's links to everything else. So, okay. One last thing. This isn't in the notes, but you, you kind of, you, you got cambrennan.com. You want to know why I don't have mitchcraig.com? Uh, some politician? Nope. Okay. It's even better. Oh, good. So years ago, you know, being able to do your own website was a thing. I, uh, I looked at mitchcraig.com to try and get it. And oddly, there is a Mitch Craig that is a huge voiceover talent uh, in radio that already had oh, really? MitchCraig.com. <laughs> That's a bit ironic. Yes, <laughs> completely <laughs> ironic. So, so what's what's hilarious about it is that uh, that I got to be known as the other Mitch Craig in at the radio station. Oh, jeez, that's funny. So, 
I I bought the domain, the other Mitchcraig.com. Of course you did. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I, I've let it lapse. I, I don't I don't have it anymore, but but I had that was my my blog and my website for the longest time. So that's really funny. Yeah, it was good for you. Pretty hilarious. But anyway, we should close out the show, otherwise we're just gonna bore everybody to death for the next hours. So Cam, I think we did uh did pretty good for a first time out. Yeah. This was uh very enjoyable. I was a bit terrified to talk about technology on the internet. Yeah. yeah well, I think you did all right. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I get drawn and quoted by the uh, by the technology uh, internet folks out there. But no, this was fun. I'm excited yeah. to to uh, carry on and and see how this uh, develops. It's and, gonna be fun. And I'm a big and and I really don't do a lot of uh, a lot of pre show prep. And part of the reason is for it is that that, you know, you and I and whatever community we build around this podcast, you know, we're going to work with each other and we're going to learn from each other and we're going to grow with each other. And quite honestly, I think it's more fun this way. I don't mind sounding like an idiot once in a while. So, well, I mean, I sound like an idiot regularly. So, you know, that's yeah, we get that's okay. We uh, then you and I have that in common. So (laughs) indeed. All right, man. It's been awesome. Uh, hit us up on at Mitch Craig on Twitter or Cam Brennan on Twitter if you have any questions. And uh, thanks for listening to our first show and making it all the way through with us. So thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks so much.